Pray for my nerves too. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you so much, Father God, for this moment. Um, I just know that you're going to be glorified in this moment, Lord God. Mm-hmm. Just pray uh, that you use our nerves, Lord God, to glorify you even more, even powerfully, Lord God. It says that we are strong when we feel weak, Lord God. So mm-hmm. allow this moment right now, Lord God, to just please you, Father God. And I just want to thank Chantel for allowing me to be here uh, once again. Um, it's just an honor to be here. And it's also an honor to be in your presence, Father God. So I pray that your presence just fall over this podcast right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, as we lift you up in Jesus name amen yay <laughs> king you're here i'm so excited all right so god what the heck welcome welcome to our podcast welcome to the set brand new set let's go super excited um uh, but on this podcast we are going to talk about those moments in your life where you're like, God, what the heck? Overall, we want to tell human stories about God's hand in our toughest situations. And I'm really excited to have my brother and friend here, King Bailey. He is amazing. Um, He is an artist, a rapper. He's going to share some bars with us. But um, how are you doing? Welcome. I'm doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming. Okay. I appreciate it. So this is crazy because this is the first God What the Heck podcast. And um, King came up to me maybe maybe a month ago, two months ago. And you were like, hey, like I want to be on your podcast. And I said, oh, well, I only do solo episodes. I don't really do interview style. And you're like, okay, well, if you ever do, like, <laughs> I want to be the first one. <laughs> Right. And it's so crazy because at that moment, I was not thinking about doing interview podcasts at all. But you know how God works. And he was like, listen, here's what we're going to do. And I was like, (laughs) "Ah, "Okay." And then immediately you were the first one I thought of. So thank you for putting that in my mind. Like, that's so cool. It's a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna play a little game. Um, are you, I know you're a music fan, so Tupac or Biggie? <laughs> <laughs> I know it's always a tough question, uh, but honestly, I'm more on the Pac side. Ah, okay, good. Because <laughs> I was gonna say, there, there's one right answer here. Somebody, somebody's gonna be like, oh. <laughs> oh my gosh, we got um, we got Lee in the house. We got Dream in the house right now, and uh, Lee was like, "Good job." Dream was like, "What? What do you even mean?" Um, but we know that was the correct answer. Why do you pick Pac? Um, honestly, Pac, um, more on the poetic side he was kind of more in tune with um our culture yeah our people and like just his background his family background uh yeah how he grew up his family um where they came from and like okay you know stuff like that okay i love it i love it um lakers or warriors i'm a laker fan ah! What? No, it's funny. I'm wearing a Lakers shirt right now. Um, I love the Lakers, actually. Um, But if the Lakers, I root for the Lakers when they're playing anybody Mm. but Golden State. (laughs) Because if the Lakers are playing Golden State, I'm gonna be rooting for the Warriors. But I don't know why the Lakers. Are you a Bron fan or? No, I've always been a Kobe fan. Oh, heck yeah. So if he would have been on the New Orleans Pelicans <laughs> or the Hornets at that time, I'd yeah. probably have been a Hornet fan. Yeah. But overall, Lakers is just a, a good team. Yeah. I used to watch the Lakers growing up. I'm dating myself a little bit, but like when, when Magic was playing, like like I was growing up, I was like, the Lakers was my favorite team forever. So, amen. That's what's up. That's what's up. Okay, so you rap. When When did you start music? I started doing music. Um, I started, I, well, I just love music. Kind of yeah. grew up off oldies and like R&B. Okay. Um, didn't really, like my family didn't let us listen to too much rap like that. Mm-hmm. But I did, once I started to listen to it, I started to learn how to write music. So I started oh. writing music since I was like 10, 11. Okay. 
But okay. I just rhyme one word with everything. So like, if I start off with cat, the whole rhyme or the whole rap would be all the way down the line, just talking about just one word. Really? Yeah. Wait, like, give me an example, cause uh, like I seen a cat, then I went in the back, then I bought me a hat. <laughs> <laughs> Those were like baby king raps, yeah. like the very beginning. <laughs> yeah, that was the beginning. Okay. Uh, my journey of rap. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listen, all right, so do you want to you wanna spit something more current for us? Oh, yeah, I can spit some. Okay, right. yeah, let's, uh, let's do it. I'm not going to like beatbox, though, because I can't, I can't do that. But <laughs> no, that's all good. Um, something I recorded, I know y'all probably heard this song before, but um, mm-hmm. it go like this, chin up, chest out. My life has been a beautiful struggle. We brought the best out. It don't matter what the world do or what the world about. God gave me a plan, came with the best route. Worship God in the morning, such a wonderful feeling. I was grieving in the morning, needed a spiritual cleansing. Okay. <laughs> Listen, that's that's way better than cat hat back. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Let's go. Right. I love that. I love that. I actually um I have that song on a playlist and I love it. I, I listen to it when I'm working out or when I need like a pick me up. So thank you for that song. It's it's fire. Um so you mentioned in in the rap like a beautiful struggle. Um tell me about that. Like when when do you think that that started? You're you're from Chicago mm-hmm. and what from your life makes you be like, okay, it was a beautiful struggle? Um just Growing up, recognizing like a lot of different things, mm-hmm. far as like just knowing already kind of about the world and uh-huh. like how my mom used to like try to like not how can I explain it? Try to mask basically stuff that was going on, but I kind of already knew what was going on. Oh wow! Um, just like stuff within my family, uh, mm-hmm. like the dysfunction in the family and why everybody always so like separated or like uh, mm-hmm. don't never really get along like that. And then I yes. see other people in other households where they get along and I just be thinking like, what's wrong with my family? Like mm. what's going on with everybody? Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Did you did you ever find out like why? Was it, a, was it a, something specific or was it just like, nah, we don't really talk a lot? I think it was just a lot of hurt. Like yeah. a lot of people just being hurt from things that happened. Mm. And then from there, uh, this side felt better than this side. And mm-hmm. then it's just kind of like my my parents or like my cousins and them parents just carrying that on. Mm. So like they kind of instilling that into us like, oh, don't mess with them because they, they do this or don't mess with them because they think this kind of way or something like that. So it was just, it was just strange. Yeah. How was that growing up right in the middle of that? Um, I used to always be the person to keep everybody together. Mm. So like I used to always be with my cousins over here or my cousins over there. Yeah. And I used to always make sure that I keep in contact with everybody or just like invite them over here or just invite them over there. So everybody can just kind of stay together. Yeah. Yeah. I bet that was hard. Like, I feel like, because I I grew up, I was the oldest. And so when things were going wrong in my household, I was like, okay, this is, this is on me. I got to figure out how to fix it. I got to figure out how to um, get us through this. I got to figure out, even when my parents weren't um, there or weren't doing what they were supposed to, I was like, I have to do it. And that can be heavy for for a child to take on that. Um, Did you feel like it was a burden or were you just more like, Okay, like uh, honestly, I kind of feel like like it's something I had to do mm. because I'm like nobody else is going to do it. Yeah. So I have to try to keep our family together. Like, yeah. However, whatever means that I need to do it. Yeah. Did it so, work? Yeah, it worked. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It worked. So that doesn't like that's a that's a struggle, but like as far as growing up, like going to high school, getting older. Tell me about that. Um, a lot of struggles from there out is just like more dysfunctional in my family, but getting more into debt, um, 
just my dad never being there. Mm-hmm. Um, he got like a lot of kids. He got like 19 kids. So Whoa. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. Wait, wait, wait. 19 kids? Yeah. Wow. So where are you? Where are you in the order? And did you know all of them? I'm in the first five. Okay. First five. Yeah. But I don't know everybody. Wow. But I know some, but I don't know everybody. Okay. And so was your dad in the house? No. No. Okay. So what was that like? Like you would go and you would see him sometimes, you would visit, like? Honestly, I didn't, I didn't the only time I probably seen him when I was like super small. Really? But other than that, he used to always like say, oh, I'm gonna come see you, but he never used to come. I used to be dressed like literally waiting <sighs> all night. Uh, with my shoes on and everything. I used to go to sleep like that and I used to wake up. My mom like, I told you he wasn't coming. I'd be like, nah, he, something had to happen for him to come. So then I finally kind of realized like, that's where my trust issues came from. Wow, yeah. No, for no, for sure. Um, when did you give up on waiting for him to come? Um, probably when I got about like five or six. Yeah. I just stopped caring after that. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm like, this dude is never going to come. Mm. So, but it's some things that did happen between him and my mom. Yeah. Like some near-death experiences. Oh. So, like, she shot him before. So, like, I know that's a lot right <laughs> now. I'm like, wait. <laughs> um, okay. Can you elaborate? Like, how? <laughs> how? Something happened to where they got into it and then uh, I guess she was tired of it or whatever and then she ended up shooting him and then he almost died but he didn't die so I don't know if that's the reason why he chose to stay right. chose to stay away right and that traumatized him yeah um did did your mom was your mom punished for that like did yeah. anything happen to her yeah she was she was punished for it but okay. she did have a restraining order on him so it kind of made it less oh okay wow sense. So did she go to jail? Yeah. Okay, so who did you stay with after that then? My grandma. Your grandma, okay. And were you the only child in the house or like, how did that, tell me about living with your grandma. It was fun. Um, Actually, my auntie was always in the streets in her gang life. So like her kids and my mom's kids, like my siblings, we used to all be at my grandma's house. Mm-hmm. So we all always had the chance of like being together with each other and playing and growing up with each other. So that was that was cool. Yeah. So that's nice because you had a, a community of children and family, but at the same time you were surrounded by gangs and violence, and um, your parents were out of the home. So it kind of sounds like there was um, two different environments. Yeah. Really. Um, which one did you? draft more towards like did you end up in the gang life in the street life yeah i did eventually i ended up drafting to that yeah uh but before i honestly i was like um my grandma she started to like be on me super tough so i learned how to read super young and write super young so sometimes she used to sit down with me and read the Bible, go over scriptures and Mm -hmm. i started to really like it i started to want to learn more she started buying me like little uh uh, cartoon cassettes uh, like about like uh, the Bible and whatnot um, and then eventually uh, when my mom kind of moved then that's when like my life kind of like took a turn from that um, uh. and I just started to be well a little bit before that I started to be more indulged in like um, things I shouldn't have been involved in yeah like women or like just being in the streets, uh, mm. finding all that stuff more attractive. Yeah, yeah. So you started getting into the streets and women, your mom moves away. And at that point, you you turn away from the teachings of your grandma? Yeah. Yeah. And what did that, what did that look like? Like, what were you feeling at that time? Um, I think a lot of anger. Yeah. A lot of anger just cause my dad just wasn't around it. And my sister, she like my youngest sister, she got her, she got her own dad. Mm. So he used to always be around her, like doing stuff for her all the time. And then mm. like subconsciously, I used to just be like, dang, like what's wrong with my dad, mm-hmm. you know? 
Yeah. And then my mom always being away, not realizing that she had to take care of all of us by herself, basically. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, I knew in a sense that she had to do what she had to do to yeah. take care of us. But like, I didn't, like, it affected me knowing that, like, just because she had to do what she had to do, she wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And then my dad already wasn't there. So right. it was just like, only thing I left was my siblings, but the way we view things is all kind of different. Right. So then the streets became more attractive to me. Uh, just seeing like everything, like the lifestyle and the the um, the the male like role model ship, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, even though it was negative, it, to me it felt positive. Mm. Just to be around dudes and uh, just the respect, just the lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I had a father figure, also a family that that functioned together, even though it wasn't right, but it felt mm-hmm. right to me at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And what what was your daily like? Like, what was your what did your life look like from that point on? Um, trying to hustle yeah. at a young age. <laughs> trying to hustle. What does that mean? Like, make like money. What that look? Uh, okay. Sell drugs, basically. Okay. I seen a lot of people selling drugs. Okay, so where I stayed at was like a a, a small apartment complex, and mm-hmm. like my mom had the biggest house in the back of the complex. Okay. She had the house, and everybody had like the apartments on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of those places, people was making money out of, mm-hmm. and I really didn't know what they was doing. Yeah. But I knew that they was making money. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Until I figured out what they was doing. Yeah. And then I wanted to be a part of that. It was like, wait a minute, so. You have money. Um, what are you doing? Like, how are you making that? Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. And so they were like, okay, well, we're we're selling drugs. Yeah. Um, and so you started to do that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Were you scared? Like, what did they all scared of walking through that? Because, like, right? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I've always been. I did not grow up on the streets at all. I grew up in Vancouver, Washington, <laughs> you know, like suburbs. It was not, um, you know, I had my own struggles as far as, um, you know, growing up in an abusive household and things like that. But like the streets was never really a draw for me. Right. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I hear of that lifestyle, I always think of like, are you scared? For certain things, yeah. I was yeah. kind of more scared of what my mom would do to me. She found out what I was doing. <laughs> right. Versus, right. uh, cause I know she probably would tell my grandma it would kind of make her sad. Mm. So I used to be like, oh, I don't want to break her heart or make her sad. Yeah. Um, but that's, this what I wanted to do. Yeah. So, um, eventually, uh, just watching, I learned that, um, how and what they was doing. Yeah. And I kind of like stumbled across it on accident. Yeah. Um, just being at the wrong, well, to me, at the right place at the right time. <laughs> but now I was at the wrong place at the wrong time. Right, right. Um, and I'm like, man, I, I got to get in on this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get on it, in on this. But I realized, too, that I kind of knew that for me being so young, yeah. that the police wanted to be on me or check me. Oh, or wow. How old were you? I was like seven, six or seven. You started selling drugs at six or seven years old? Like seven, eight. Wow. Wow. That's so early. I know. <laughs> but you had older people around you that were teaching you the game. Right. Oh, my gosh. And you weren't even scared because at that point they were your family. Yeah. And they were they were raising you up in, in that way. Right. Oh, my gosh. Man. Okay, so... How long did you sell drugs? How long were you in that life? For a while. For a while? Yeah. Like until until when? Um like probably, I, obviously you're not anymore. So like what what changed? Like walk us through that journey. You went from selling drugs at seven, eight years old, and then growing up, continuing to grow up in that in that atmosphere, in that lifestyle. Um, did you ever get caught? No. No. Mm-hmm. Okay. So so what changed? What how did that evolve? Because the more I started to read more about certain things and the more I started to learn more about that culture and 
what I was involved in and get myself into, I realized it was like a false inception in mm-hmm. what I was doing. So I was doing more harm than good. And I knew that. So I'm yeah. like, man, I got to figure out something else to sell because this yeah. is not it. <laughs> I can't keep doing this like to my to my people, like yeah. in the community. Wow. So I figured out, uh, I started to, like my heart started to change for yeah. it. Even though I didn't stop, but my heart started to change. And then I realized people really just didn't care right. uh, at all. They was just, as long as they got their money, they didn't care who they were selling it to or uh whatever the situation was and I'm just like nah this I can't keep doing this yeah yeah so what what happened at like where did you go after that um after the the drugs selling drugs um I realized it was different things I could sell yeah um other than what I was selling so I kind of start leaning towards like women if that makes sense okay (laughs) Mm. <laughs> Tell us about that. So, um, yeah, yeah, I really don't talk about this a lot, but I realized that um, at a certain age that women would be willing to to do whatever for me. So I used okay. to manipulate that yeah. situation and then just have them do things in order for me to have money. Ah, uh, okay, okay. So you got into prostitution. Basically. Okay. Not for long, though. Not for long? No. What What did it feel like? Um, honestly, it's it's kind of weird because the, the women was kind of already either they was thinking about it or they felt comfortable enough to do it with me. Yeah. And it was just kind of like presented to me. Like in a way, like me just seeing it already growing up. Yeah. Uh, I never thought that I would be the type of person to, you know, be involved in that type of stuff. Cause I never liked that type of stuff. Right. But it kind of came to me a little bit. Okay. How? Because like, I, I'm just thinking like, okay, so I'm selling drugs and it's like, then at some point I meet someone who's doing it like I meet a man who's also doing this. I meet a woman and she feels safe with me. Like she wants to do it and she feels safe with me, you know, kind of brokering these transactions, do we say, you know, like how does that, how did it come to you? Because I think that like it, well, now I think it ties hands in, hand in hand. So like a lot of certain times, certain, certain men will buy the drugs to, and then they would do the drugs and then they would go be with these women. Mm. Or some women would come buy the drugs and then um, use the drugs to help them do like what they do regularly. Right. So it kind of just came hand in hand, me seeing certain people just buy certain drugs. And then I'm like, like I just ask questions like, why are you like, why are you doing this for? Yeah. You know, like you're so young or you're pretty. And then they'd be like, oh, um, this, this helped me do this or this helped me do that. Yeah. So it's like I kind of start building relationships with certain people mm-hmm. who will come get certain things and me just staying close to that type of area. Yeah. Because it's like literally like all kind of tie hand in hand, like the where that where that type of stuff go down at is like literally right all in the same vicinity. Right. 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 And so you went from selling drugs to selling sex. Right. OK. And. Okay, so help me understand this because one of the things that is like, I, I love how you were like, okay, if I'm selling drugs, I'm hurting my people. But then how do you go to selling sex? Like it, it didn't feel the same way? It did, but I kind of felt like at least I'm not going to be abusing or like trying mm-hmm. to force them to do anything. Because they're already choosing to do it. They're already choosing to do it. Ah, uh, okay. And then sometimes I just play around like, oh... Uh, just saying little things here and there to see what that person will say. Yeah. And they they would just kind of like be with it. So okay. um, I never did stop selling drugs, but it kind of yeah. was like less selling drugs and mm-hmm. just more into doing that. Yeah. And then I realized like after some time, like I was handicapping myself. Yeah. Cause I'm like, if they not gonna do this for me, then how I'm gonna get some money? And if I don't wanna yeah. really sell no drugs, then how I'm gonna have some money? Yeah. So then I start working 
And then oh. I eventually like started getting like better jobs. But at the same time, I was depending on women to take care of me mm. in a sense. Yeah. So I was just being like super greedy at that point. Okay. Okay. So tell me about when things started to take a different turn. Tell me about when did God finally get your attention? God finally got my attention when my brother um, was like killed in front of me. Like he got gunned down oh my gosh. in front of me. And I'm so sorry. I was just thinking like, like man, like, like why, why not me? You know? Wow. Um, I just couldn't understand it. Like how did I not even get shot at all? Like it didn't make sense to me because they were so close. They was like super close. Yeah. And I didn't even get shot not one time. Wow. And he just, he just, we kind of ran a little bit and then he just yeah. dropped dead. Oh my gosh. Do you know why? Due to gang violence, like gang, yeah. gang banging reasons. Yeah. Um, Pretty much. Yeah. And what did you do? Like in that, in that moment, right afterwards, what did you do? I kind of held him. Well, I did held him for some time, but I, I already knew it was kind of like pretty much over with, you know? Yeah. Um, so from there, I like my mind shifted more to like hatred and like vengeance yeah. and retaliation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, man, listen, I can only <laughs> I can only imagine if somebody I get mad when somebody says something mean to my sister. So I can't I can't even imagine how you felt. And like seeing people die was like regular because the environment I grew up in. So I like yeah. I've seen it already. Like yeah, things happening to people, but then it happened to me up close and personal. Yeah, and from there, like I just didn't understand. Yeah, like from there, so I felt like God was trying to wake me up at that moment. Yeah, and did you did you turn to Him or did you try to get revenge? Both. Both. Okay. How how so? How how both? Uh, I was just like God, like like why you allow this to happen? Why does this happen to me? Because um, at that point you wanted, you wished that they would have shot you and your brother would have still yeah. continued living. Yeah. Wow. Because he had a daughter already. Oh, I didn't okay. have kids already. Wow. At that time, um, I was still super young. Yeah. So. I was like probably like 14. Oh my gosh. At that time. Um, but I had just got out of jail like not too long ago. So like, I feel like God been kind of like sparing me f through going to jail. Yeah. Uh, at such a young age. Wow. And um, yeah, in that moment that happened, I'm just like, I'm like, wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. And then did you ever seek revenge? Like, did you ever get back at the people who did it? Yeah, I have my fair share of, you know, okay. but um, it's never enough. Mm. It's never enough. Like, what do you mean? Being vengeful, you would never, it's like, you would never get to see that person again. Mm. So it's like, the more you continue to um, indulge in hatred and, and vengeance and retaliation, um, it's like the devil just like putting you more in a chokehold. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because at that point, your brother is gone. And so it doesn't matter, even if I'm trying to hurt you as much as I possibly can, there's no way for me to hurt you enough to take this hurt away. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's almost all consuming at that point. Yeah, and it's just a repeated cycle over yeah. and over and over. And so many people just lost in it over and over and over. Instead of like really finding a, a, a internal way to heal, like a real way to heal. Yeah. Um, I feel like the the devil know that too. So the devil's just constantly just uh, putting people in a chokehold. Yeah. And just squeezing the life out of them over and over and over and over. And it's like either you continue to do that, die. And then, or either go to jail, yeah. never get out. So it's just like, it's a lose-lose situation. Facts, facts. So how did you get out of that chokehold? Like what was the, 
what was the God, what the heck moment that, that really woke you up and was like, I can't do this anymore. I gotta, I gotta turn to God. In that moment, um, I had a child, but I didn't know that I had a child because I stopped talking to her. Okay. Before, like, I even found out that she was, well, be, while she was pregnant, she kind of, like, stayed away. Yeah, your but child's then, mother. Yeah, but her okay. family told me. Like, oh, wow. Eventually. So I went to the hospital. She had the baby, and then we was cool for some time. Then we stopped talking for a little bit because my lifestyle was so stuck in the streets. Yeah. So it was just, like, I didn't know how to deal with being a dad and yeah. doing what I wanted to do at the same time or right. being there for her. And at, at that point, you were held. I think like my early 20s. Early 20s. Okay. Okay. So you're a, a new dad um, trying to figure it out. And what happened? And then eventually I ended up having another daughter. Okay. I ended up having another child. Yeah. Um, so me and her mom, we used to get into it all the time too because mm -hmm. my lifestyle the way it was. Yeah. So then eventually um, I got a call one day. Well, no, I just came from uh, my other daughter, mom, how she dropped me off mm -hmm. to where I used to hang out at. Yeah. And then uh, my homies was calling me like, bro, like, you okay? You good? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Like, what's going on? They're yeah. like, bro, you don't know? I'm like, what you talking about? Yeah. So then um, they told me to come on a certain street so they can like counsel me. And I really didn't know what was going on because I don't yeah. watch TV. Right. So he was like, yeah, man. Um, like, you just need to sit down for this. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, bro, just tell me what's going on. Right. Like, At that point, like, listen, I need to know. <laughs> like, I need to know. He's yeah. like, man, your daughter got killed. I'm like, what? I'm like, nah, like, bro, you tripping. I'm like, I just was with her. He's like, no, the other one. I'm like, nah. Like, bro, that's, wow. not, that's not real. Like, you, that's not real. So then he, um, I called uh, my uncle and he told me, uh, he told me what happened yeah. and I had to just go over there because I just was like, I was, I'm still like, it was just, I just didn't believe it. Yeah. And then, um, once I went to go talk to him, her, her mom survived. She got stabbed up too. Wow. Like a lot of times, but she survived still. Yeah. And me going back to where I was at, uh, everybody was just counseling me and just trying to talk to me, but I still didn't really like, it wasn't hitting me yet. And yeah. then um, until I seen a news clip, like it was actually on the news and I'm like, what? And I just start feeling all kind of bad. I was just like, man, like what kind of person am I? Like yeah. I'm being just like my dad, like I wasn't in her life. Like I like, wow. you know, like I could have did something about it or like I could have at least been there and um, previously, before this was happening, um, God was giving me like dreams about her. Wow. And she was trying to reach out to me in wow. my dreams, but I was steady, like pushing her off. Oh, no. And then that happened. And I was just like, whoa. So, um, yeah. And it was kind of strange that God was showing me different scenarios of things that could happen yeah. in my life. Yeah. Like, I seen something bad happen to my mom and my other daughter, too. But I was like, nah, God, like, don't let nothing happen to them. Yeah. And but then I feel like he was telling me, like, you gonna have something gonna have to happen because that's gonna be the only way for wow. you to to really get it. So after that happened, um, a little bit right after that happened, my uncle got killed. Wow. So at that point, I just didn't know what else to do. Like I was, um tried to go after drugs, but that wasn't effective. Women, that wasn't effective. Uh, being more involved in like, um, uh, like retaliation and all that stuff, but that wasn't happening. Like nothing was making me feel um, like I was just, I was, it was making me feel more empty yeah. and more dark. Yeah. So then that's when I just really like prayed. I was just like, God, like, I know you real. Um, I know if, you know, if I'm gonna do this with you, I gotta do it right. Like I can't wow. like fake it or I can't say I'm gonna do it and not do it. 
and it just started bringing me back to my like when I was a child again. Yeah. Um, and having that relationship like that, and I knew at that moment that that's what I that's what I had to do. Yeah. Yeah. But it took a lot of suffering and pain to come to that point to God, like, like I need to use you and I need you to be all in with me and all of the stuff that you're doing, you gotta stop doing. And but it was just so hard. Like I didn't I already wanted to change. And I yeah. used to say like small prayers, like, man, I wanna change, I wanna live like this. I see myself being like this, I see myself doing this for the community, helping people and all of these type of things. Yeah. And um I was like, okay, um, you you can do all of that, but you just didn't know how. I didn't know how. Wow. Yeah. What kept you from being mad at God? Because I know a lot of times, like things like that will happen to people, and they're like, "God, I hate you for this. Like, how dare you? Right? How dare you take away my daughter? How dare you take away my uncle? How dare you take away my brother? Like, how dare you do this to me? Right? And so, what?" What kept you from being mad at God and running even more away from him? Instead, you ran towards him at that point. Because there's just no way I, I'm, I should still be alive. Mm, like, so gratitude. Yeah. Wow. Because I've been in like multiple shootouts, uh, like, um, like close range where somebody was shooting at me, like literally probably from like that wall to the other wall, like super close. Sheesh. And I didn't even get hit. Like I felt stuff whizzing past me, but I, I never even got hit. Dang. So just me realizing like a lot of things that I did to people too. Yeah. That I got away with. And yeah. then um, a lot of things that happened to me that like I'm still like alive. And yeah. I, I was thinking, I'm like, why am I still alive? Like I've been in car accidents where I should have yeah. died. I've been yeah. shot at. I done been had stuff happen to me, like all these things, putting being in situations to where I should have died. I'm like, why am I still here? Like it's it's a reason why I gotta still be here. It's no like God, whatever your purpose is, me being here, it's gotta be something. Yeah. Because I should not be here right now. Wow. I think that's that's game changing right there. Like you number one, taking accountability and being like, listen, I've done this and this and this and I don't deserve this. Like there was no entitlement, but there was also gratitude for like, okay, God, like I've been doing all this stuff and, and I, I don't, you know, I don't know how I'm still alive, but, but you have more for me. And that's hope too, you know? Wow. So accountability, gratitude, and hope. Those are, those are huge things that we can go through life with. And as long as we have those three things, I, I think we'll be okay. You know, yeah. like, Okay, so you turn you turn to God and you're like, okay, I, I want to change and I, I need to change. Help me change. Um, how did you finally change? Um, I studied the Bible. <laughs> you, you studied the Bible, hey, amen. What what did that what did that look like? Because a lot of people are like, okay, I, I've been going to church forever, like studying the Bible. Like, what do you even mean? Like, what did that what did studying the Bible look like? Okay, so. At that moment, I knew, like, praying previously years before the change, mm-hmm. he allowed me to go through all of this stuff. Yeah. Because, like, while I was in doing time um, as a juvenile till an adult, like, I was, like, 14, 15. I had to get out till I was, like, 21. Mm-hmm. So, in that, was, in that time, I knew wow. that I wanted, like, I seen a life that I desired to have. Mm-hmm. And I, like, always, since a child, I always wanted to be, like, a civil rights activist or something in that nature like that. Yeah. And um, God, like, man, you're gonna be an activist for me. Oh, heck yeah. But I didn't know that though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so okay. I used to always pray and pray, like, man, God, if I'm gonna do this with you, I wanna do it right. I wanna be around the right people. Yeah. Uh, I wanna be like what these people look like in the Bible. Wow. I wanna be used like that. Wow. So eventually I ended up, since I do music, yeah. I use music to draw me near to Him. Heck yeah. Okay. And I went to this school. At first, I kept seeing it. I kept seeing it on Instagram when ads first came out. And I'm like, why does it keep popping up? I'm like, man, <laughs> should I just go for it? And I'm like, you know what? I'm just sign up. So I signed up for the school. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get accepted because I was missing a piece of paper. 
that I couldn't get for some reason. Oh, it was wow. so hard to get. Uh-huh. So then they ended up extending it and allowing me to just go into the, the class to see if I can just get it in due time. Yeah. So I ended up going and then I, uh, it was a sister, a disciple, a sister in the church. And she had on like the merchandise for the church. Uh-huh. And I, I loved it. Like yeah. I seen the cross with the f- inside of a fist. So I'm like, oh, it's power. <laughs> Oh, it's, it's talking about God. And then, like, you know, it had the holes inside the, the uh, wrist. Oh, so yeah, like, yeah. So, like, it symbolized the truth. Because, you know, a lot of times, folks, it'd be in the hand. Yeah. Or whatnot. So, I'm like, okay. Oh, catch that, y'all. <laughs> because a lot of people think that when Jesus was crucified, the nails went through the palms. Right. And it always shows the palms. But truly, when he was crucified, the nails went through the wrists because they'll strip out through the palms. Right. But then when he says, Thomas, observe my hands, what people don't understand is that um, in literature, the the hands were also, was the wrists were always considered part of the hands. Mm. So he wasn't lying when he said, observe my hands because the wrists are part of it. Yeah. So that's that's dope that you like knew, knew enough to be like, oh, through the wrists. Yeah, I've seen that. So I'm like, oh, there's some truth in, you know, wow. what she's wearing. Wow. So I'm like, where you get that from? She's like, my church. And I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, where you go to church at? She was telling me. And then I was just like, like, yeah, I, I want to go to church. But I'm like, I'm ready. But I'm not ready. You know, <laughs> I got to change. And I'm like, I'm trying to change. But I don't know how. Yeah. But I'm like, I really want to do start going. Yeah. And then she was like, well, just let me know. So then... Uh, the next time coming around, I ended up not getting accepted to the school, yeah. but I was still able to go to the studio. So, like, they had a separate part from the school. Okay. And I can go to the studio as long as somebody in the school invite me. Yeah. And everybody already knew me in the school, so I would just go anyway. Yeah. And then one day I was in there and I was uh, re- mixing my music, but I was reading the Bible while I was just playing. Yeah. And then she she came in there because she heard my voice, like, mm. on the speakers. And she was like, uh, oh, you reading? I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, when you going to invite me out to church? Like, when you going to pick me up? She's like, oh, I can't pick you up. But some somebody else can pick you up. Like, a guy from church. I'm like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, wait. wait. <laughs> I want to go with you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm like, yeah, you're going to have to pick me up because... I ain't feeling that. I don't know dudes, and yeah. I was still kind of in that lifestyle. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. So I'm like, ain't no dude about to just pick me up. Right, right, right. Feeling that. So she was like, well, it's not, it's not like that. It's like a respect thing, and you know, I'm just mm-hmm. respecting, you know, uh, the boundaries and stuff like that. So I'm wow. like, like what? You know, uh, you're like, like this boundaries. Is- <laughs> what are you about? Like, what, what is this we speak of? <laughs> so I'm like. Oh, she really on it, on it. Like, okay. So I'm like, cool. I'm like, all right. Whoever you want to have, just they can, if they feel comfortable, they can pick me up. Cause I'm like, if she don't want to take me because of she respecting the boundaries and stuff like biblically, me knowing as a child, you know, things about purity and stuff like that. So like, I automatically thought that. Yeah. She, you know, so then I'm like, I need to check this place out if she not willing to pick me up. Wow. Again, you knew enough to be like, listen, this is the real deal. Like you were really looking for truth. Yeah. Wow. That's why I just don't want to be anywhere because certain places you go to is crazy. It's like it's not. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot going on. <laughs> All right. So so you went to church. <laughs> and uh how how did that go? How did how did you like it? Um when I first went, I thought we was going to like a building. Yeah, but it was it was a house service at this time. Oh wow! <laughs> so I ended up going to a house service, and then like I'm just kind of looking around, like, uh, so yeah, when we going to church, they're like, this is it. <laughs> and I and I had a Jesus moment, and I and I was like, man, it's some Jesus stuff. Uh, everybody was laughing, and I'm like, I'm serious, like where they do this at? Yeah. So then um, everybody started piling in. Everybody was so loving, so genuine. Like I felt the radiance, like of it was just a different energy, like. Uh, the environment for me. Like I never felt like so peaceful and like, so like everybody just like not faking they love for each other. Mm. And then um, a dude who I knew who was also like in the game, uh, he was a disciple. Mm. 
And I was just literally talking about him the day before to some of his homies. Wow. And I ended up coming there. I'm like, bro, I was just talking about you. I'm like, bro, what you doing here? He like, I'm a disciple. I'm like, what? <laughs> you? I'm like, you? I'm like, nah, Ow. man. So that gave me more hope and encouragement. And yeah. Somebody got baptized that day. And I'm like, you know what? I'm like, God, I want to get baptized. Like, I never, I, I got to be right with you. Yeah. Whatever it takes. Yeah. And then that's when they, you know, asked me, um, I asked him, like, how, like, how can I get baptized? Like, you got to study the Bible. I'm like, bro, let's do it. Like, yeah. I want to get baptized, like, right now. Heck yeah. Okay. And how long did you study the Bible? I think, like, two weeks. Two weeks? And then you like were baptized? Like a week or something. A week, two weeks? Yeah, before nice. the year is over. I said, I want to get baptized before the year is over. Yeah. And I had, like, um, like a week and, like, prior. Yeah. Just basically almost a week. Yeah. Before the new year. So I got baptized the, um, the 31st mm -hmm. of 2016. Okay. Okay. Now for some people, they're like, okay, study the Bible. Like, what does that even, even mean? Did y'all read a few scriptures? What was that experience like? Like, did they show you how to change? Cause I know you said you wanted to change. Did they show you how, did they help you? What did that look like? Um, honestly, they showed me how to change through the scripture uh, and spurred me on to do what the scriptures say to do. Mm. Um, wow. And it and it changed my life, actually applying it, because I just thought that as long as I read it, I'm good and just yeah. go about my life. But it was never no change. Like, I never seen nothing change as much as I prayed. Like, I never experienced nothing different. But... I noticed the difference because people was actually doing that. Mm -hmm. So being surrounded by people that was actually doing what the Bible said to do, and then me following suit, it helped me literally change. Wow, that's that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Okay, so tell me about your life now. Um, change man, you know, what does your daily life look like? Well, now, uh, Life is beautiful. Life is great uh, because internally I'm not like going through the motions. Like I'm not. It's not dark anymore. It's light. So like. <laughs> oh my god! Come on, King. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's it's full of light now. It's full of joy. Um, just believing in God' promises and standing on what the words say and. Uh, just being around uh, family, you know, seeking his kingdom first. It's just so beautiful being around people like you, people like Lee, eventually Dream, you know. Um, okay. But yeah, just being around the body of Christ and people who really love God, people who really going after with all their heart, like we all sharing the same struggle, we all fighting the same fight, and it's just super encouraging. Yeah. Is this is this the family you were looking for? Yeah. All along. All along. God knew all along. I just want to be loved and accepted. And he like, I got all of that for you. Like, you just don't even know. Like, And I was choosing to put myself through all of the stuff I didn't, shouldn't have even went through. Wow. Just to get to this point. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So there's a scripture that you have leaned on through your journey. Um, what is it? Psalm 23. Psalm 23. Why that scripture? Because I can relate to King David so much. Uh, I learned how to pray more effectively because of King David. Um, and he just always, he should just be keeping so real with God and always end up talking about how good God is, no matter how it start off or no matter how it end. He always talking about how good God is. And this, in this specific scripture uh, where it says, um, a lot of people know it where it says, uh, do I walk through the valley in the shadow of death? I shall fear no evil. Um, but my favorite part is uh, your staff and your rod will comfort me. Because mm. I feel like that's been my life. Like a staff is meant to like lead you. And um, for people who know what shepherding is, it's like, you know, use the staff to shepherd people around and guide people and help people with the staff, even people who kind of like handicapped, they need something to lean on. So it's like leaning on God's staff 
and then his rod is like you know a rod is used to discipline mm -hmm. so it's like um god disciplined me when i need to when he needed me to when he seen me stirring away he uses discipline to keep me in check mm -hmm. so like just that part the staff and the rod is like you know it's comforting it's encouraging yeah that's beautiful that's beautiful well, this has been so cool. Like I have loved hearing your story. Um, and I'm just really inspired by you, King. I'm really inspired. Um, you have been through some horrific things, but it's amazing to see your life now and see that God gets the glory and see just how sold out you are. Online, you be preaching, your music, <laughs> like your smile lights up a room. Like you're just, I'm just so grateful for you, you know? Um, and I know that your testimony will impact so many people. And so if you had to leave us with a final thought, you know, if you had to um, give anyone watching this episode something to, to take away, um, from your testimony, what would you say to them? Uh, to to be a light, to always shine some light. Um, everything that's bad is not always bad, and a lot of people always say, uh, "Why God allow this? Why God allow that?" And it's just like, God is not evil. Man is evil, like you know, and man do evil things, you know, and sometimes we have to get to a point of pain and suffering because that's the only way that's going to change certain individuals. They have to go through something super drastic to be like, uh, I can't do this anymore. Like, I, wow. I, I can't go on any longer on my own. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, just want to tell the world that before you get to that point of super like pain and suffering, you don't have to get to that point to start choosing to um, love God and 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 um, come to the light. Yeah. Like you don't have to like God's arms is always open for wow. everybody to be accepted to that light. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. And um, yay. Okay, guys. So this is <laughs> this is our first episode, our first interview, and. King, I'm going to start calling you a prophet because, listen, you said, I want to be on the first episode. <laughs> and literally, here we are. So thank you just so much for sharing your story. I'm I'm inspired. I'm definitely going to take things away. And um, if you want to reach out to King, if you want to follow his journey, he is an artist. He is on YouTube. He is on Instagram. Um, where can they find you? Um, underscore King G2G. Like the number two G2G stand for glory to God. Okay. I don't know, but uh, y'all can find me on uh, YouTube. The same same thing, um, King G2G, um, and also on Apple Music King G2G. Love it, love it. So check him out and continue to watch here, subscribe, and um, all the all the information is in the caption below. So thanks for joining us, and we will be back with other human stories of God's hand in our worst situations. Bye, guys. <laughs>